Broadcasting from the middle of Corvette Boulevard and Stingray Avenue, this is Auto World with your host, Bob Long. About Corvettes, we're going to get right into it with the CEO of thelubepage.com, our leading specialists when it comes to lubrication, all types of uh, all types of uh, lubrication. Uh, he is a certified lubrication specialist with more than 25 years experience, one of the largest AMS oil dealers in the entire North American continent, and uh, he, he is the man. And we both live in the same neck of the woods, and we've been getting a, a really bad thunderstorm. Are you getting that storm as well, uh, What's going on? Yes. Dan, yes. Dan uh, you're, fact, you're getting it. I knocked my phone out a few minutes ago when I was <laughs> waiting to come on, and so I'm just warning you that if it, as you know, if it is, it knocks it out, then, you know, you'll have to try to get me back because it's power surges that knock it out. So when that lightning hits, sometimes everything takes a, takes a flip. So. That is so true. Let's uh, talk about, Dan, something that I'm hearing a lot of uh, advertising about it's mentioned a lot it's called low sulfur diesel i heard i hear this low sulfur sulfur diesel uh term used a lot in advertising what exactly does it mean well they they go on to call this uh, everybody loves these terms these days clean diesel right and let me just, the best way to explain this is to give a little bit of a sort of a progression on diesel. Diesel fuel uh, back in the 60s, 80s, was 70s, so pretty dirty fuel. I mean, and that was one of the things. You didn't refine it as far or take as many impurities out of it because, hey, when you stick it over there in the engine and press it up to 20 or 25 to 1 compression, you're going to set it off no matter what it is. You know, I mean, it's going to burn. <laughs> so not like gasoline where you're going to use a spark ignition and you want to have a certain <clears throat> controlled response with that spark. You just knew in these diesel engines that they were first called a heat engine, meaning that they ignited on heat, and that means very high compressed air is very hot, very hot. So... That's how it's compressed. You compressed it up. It's, like I said, 20 to 1, 25 to 1 compression. Folks, if you can imagine that when we're using those terms, atmosphere is about 15 pounds. So 20 to 1 compression would be 300 pounds per square inch pressure in the cylinder. And that's pretty high pressure because once that fireball goes off, now it's going to expand and multiply that pressure significantly. So anyway, uh, here we go with diesel. Originally, they they just refined it and put it out, and it was uh, average, uh, you know, probably four or five thousand parts per million of sulfur. Now, the deal about this is sulfur's in uh, crude oil. I mean, it's just part of the the mix of uh, makeup of the, the petroleum. So. You refined it down and got it clean enough, and you didn't care about the sulfur. But sulfur creates different problems for us in the atmosphere. It becomes sulfuric acid eventually and can participate in acid rain. So sure. it became that, hey, we can't really live with 5,000 levels, so we're going to have to clean this stuff up some. So the first effort was around 2,500 parts per million. Okay, Seems pretty decent, but it wasn't considered good enough because we're still getting too much out of the tailpipe. So the next level was called 
uh, low sulfur diesel, and that meant it couldn't be more than 500 parts per million. Sounds pretty good. We're making progress from 5,000 down to 500. Boy, yeah. sounds like we've we've made the grade, right? But that's not yeah. the end of it. <laughs> the requirement now is it cannot be greater than 15 parts per million. Think about that wow. for just a minute, uh, our audience out there, folks. We get beat up all the time you hear by people that we're just not serious about cleaning up the atmosphere. We're not doing enough. We're not doing enough. From an average of 5,000 parts per million down to less than 15, I'd call that a pretty determined effort to get the sulfur out of the exhaust coming out of the diesel engine, seems to me. But here's the thing about that. When you get down to 15 parts per million, you've created some other situations, and I know we're abbreviated a little bit shorter time tonight, so let me hit these quickly. Um, sulfur was the element within diesel that really gave it actual lubricating quality. If you take the sulfur out of the diesel, it becomes, some people, old-timers refer to it as dry diesel. It doesn't have any lubricating quality. Well, folks, in these diesel engines, all of the moving parts of this, these incredible high-pressure fuel pumps, I mean, they're pumping this stuff up to pretty high pressure, okay? And then in the injector itself, as it fires, it's got little moving parts that move in order for it to inject diesel into the cylinder. And all these things depend upon that diesel as their lubricating element in order to prevent wear. So when you go from 2,500 to 500 to 15, you've just about eliminated the ability of the diesel to lubricate all those parts that we used to count on it doing the lubrication. So here's the important thing to our listeners. If you have a modern diesel, in particular, a uh, 2000 or later version, they have made efforts to improve the materials to not require as much lubrication as the ones prior to that required. But it doesn't make any difference. You still need lubrication. And the government requires a certain amount of lubricant additive into the diesel to restore some lubricity to the diesel. But it is what's called lowest concentration allowed. So what you're doing is letting the government decide that this very low, inadequate amount of lubricating quality of your diesel will be satisfactory for your fuel injectors and your fuel pump. By the way, replacing a fuel pump, $2,500 to $4,000. Injectors wow. anywhere from $400 to $800 a piece. So it's not a good idea to depend upon that lowest concentration allowed to protect your engine. So here's my tip, my advice, the best I can tell you, use somebody's quality diesel additive. Now, we make one in Amsoil. It's a good one. Uh, I can just name a couple other companies. Stanodyne makes a good one. Uh, there's other companies that, that make these things. But what you need to do is find the one of your choice and run it because you need to make sure that you have adequate lubricity in your diesel so that your diesel fuel system components will last forever because that's what you want them to do. You don't want to have to replace those things in the life of the engine. So understand that clean diesel means ultra-low sulfur, less than 15 parts per million, and provide you with very little lubrication within the fuel system itself. So that's my, my tip of the night for 
low sulfur fuel and clean diesels is thank god they're wonderful they are very clean running engines extremely clean and the fact that we can do something to make up for the lost sulfur is a wise thing to do and uh, so that's that's that story bob and it's a great answer let's go uh speaking of diesels to oklahoma city oklahoma one of our great live affiliate stations when we come back after this message guess what dan we got a diesel question how do you like that right off the bat on the other side straight ahead right here on auto world And now, back to the show with the highest octanes, Auto World and your host, Bob Long. Thank you so much for joining us. I am Bob Long, along with Dan Watson, CEO of The Lube Page. We're taking your questions. And from Oklahoma City, we've got a question. Uh, Dan, I have a 2002 Dodge diesel pickup. I'm a little confused on the correct engine oil to use. The latest oil... I see is CK4, but my owner's manual says CI-4 plus. Please help. So that's a little confusing. You can help them out. Well, it's a good question because these things uh, do change, and they change for a purpose. Now, if he could uh, go out and just buy CI-4 plus, diesel oil off the shelf, he'd just keep doing that because that's an excellent oil made for that vintage of a diesel engine. Unfortunately, that's not easy to do these days because the way they make oil is to say that a latest version is backward compatible, meaning that it will replace or cover those previous applications. So there was one in between, which was CJ4, which that just means we went from CI4 to CJ4. Now it's CK4 oil, okay? So in reality, uh, the CK4 oil will, in fact, backward compatible cover the requirements for that. Now, if it were my 2002 Dodge diesel, 5.9 turbo diesel, great engines, I'd still find myself a real CI4 plus rated oil. Reason, the CI4 plus oil was a very robust additive package with very high levels of zinc and phosphorus and other protective agents. Uh, 2008, the uh, Environmental Protection Agency clamped down on some diesel things and said, well, you got to lower that zinc and phosphorus to protect the newly installed catalytic converters that are going into the diesel exhaust systems. And so that meant that we would have to have a lower zinc and phosphorus oil for those applications. Now, CK4 is an improvement on the CJ4 from the standpoint of making up for that loss of anti-wear additives. But you can find a true CI4 plus oil that is not rated CJ4 or CK4, just CI4 plus, that means that it retains its original additive package and it hasn't been changed for the newer levels. About the only places I know you can find that, you can buy that from Amsoil Synthetics. They make an oil called heavy-duty diesel and marine engine oil, which is still just CI4 plus rated and has not lowered its uh, zinc and phosphorus. But the new Amsoil CK4 
max protection diesel oil has better characteristics than that original CI4+. Plus. So if you can't find a CI4+, Plus and you're willing to go to the newest one, I suggest that you give that uh, new AMSOIL synthetic diesel oil a shot because it is the most remarkable, has six times the required protection of the Detroit diesel specification for that wear characteristic, six times that uh, protection. So that's about all I can tell him about that. He's got some choices, but uh, all of them are pretty good, and he's got a really good diesel engine, that 5.9 and that vintage of truck. They won't go but about a million miles. That's about all. Oh, wow, that's remarkable. Stan in Nashua, New Hampshire, listening on one of our great affiliate stations, sends us over a note. Snowmobile season is coming right around the corner, and I have a four-stroke snowmobile. Does Amsoil make a four-stroke oil for this application? Well, of course, considering Amsoil is located basically in Duluth, Minnesota, <laughs> Superior, Wisconsin, uh, they might be, uh, what's the old thing, uh, tarred and feathered in town if they didn't make <laughs> snowmobile oil. <laughs> because uh, if you talk with the people that work for Amsoil up in, in Superior, Duluth area, the only thing they complain about in January is there's not enough snow. They want enough snow to go do all those winter things that they love to do and ride those snowmobiles. And You know, Bob, they have trails for snowmobiles that run from Duluth all the way up to International Falls. No and kidding. No, you can get on those trails in the winter, and they have actual pit stops, you know, where somebody's got a restaurant and a bar and that kind of stuff. And so people are riding their snowmobiles on these known trails. It's almost like winter a snowmobile road, if you will, that goes all the way up to International Falls so they can go oh, by wow. these places and have fun and enjoy themselves. So they know how to enjoy the winter because you have to enjoy the winter when you live in Duluth because you're going to get it whether you enjoy it or not. <laughs> so you have to get tough or die, as they say. But the oil that Amso makes for this is called Formula Four Stroke Power Sports Oil, and it is a 0W40 formula. And I assure you, it was made specifically for these applications. There's nothing like it. I mean, it's uh, you want an oil that you can start up and that it'll do well, well in those really cold conditions. And this oil will do well uh, without any trouble at 30 degrees below zero. Okay, so 30, 35 below zero, not wind chill factor, but actual temperature. It's not going to restrict your engine from cranking over and cranking up. So it'll provide you excellent protection for that. And hey, it's, uh, you gotta be able to make that. If you, if you're a company that claims to be from Duluth, Minnesota, you gotta be able to make all the snowmobile stuff. So yeah, they make it and, uh, it's as good as it gets. Monty in Lakeland, Florida sends us a note saying, I have a bass boat with a 150 Evinrude outboard motor. The motor comes with the ability to use a petroleum, but I have switched to using synthetic. Synthetic is recommended. Will I hurt the engine by using petroleum? Well, what he's talking about with these Evinrudes is they have the ability, you have to uh, put a setting in if you're going to use petroleum because they actually recommend that you use uh, this high-performance synthetic. It's called uh, 
It's an Evinrude E-Tech Oil uh, XD100, I think is the name of it. I'd have to check that to make sure. But it's a high-quality synthetic uh, two-stroke oil. Now, one thing about the Evinrudes, they supersede or exceed, I should say, all of the California Air Resources Board's pollution requirements. Absolutely the cleanest running outboard motor. They have better pollution footprint than a four-stroke outboard. Okay, And remember, people said maybe uh, 15, 20 years ago that the outboard motor was dead. It would never be able to run clean enough to uh, match up with the EPA requirements, especially the California Air Resources Board CARB requirements. But these Evinrude E-Tech engines are direct injected two-stroke engine, and they meter the fuel so perfectly, but the oil doesn't come in with the fuel like it does in most two-stroke engines. You either mix it in the tank or you have a proportioning system that mix it into the gas flow as it's headed to the engine, and you get the right mixtures. Well, there's no oil and gas mixture in a Evinrude E-Tech. The gas is direct injected into the cylinder, so the oil has to come in via the air intake system. So you have to get a good uh, mixability in air, miscibility, okay, so that this stuff will be like a mist, a real fine mist of oil coming in, and it will then lubricate the engine as it's supposed to. Well, turns out petroleum's not very good at this because it's a jumble of uh, heavyweight molecules and, 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 and metallic substances like zinc and, and phosphorus, things that just don't do that as well. So the synthetic two-stroke, oh, I need to finish this when we come back from the break because it's important for people to understand this of why it's important to run synthetic two-stroke oil in any of these outboard motors. Absolutely. We have a lot of boaters listening to the show, so you're going to want to stick around with more great information from Dan Watson, CEO of the LubePage.com. It's coming straight ahead. Hey, it's Billy F. Gibbons from ZZ Top, and you're listening right here to Auto World. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being here. We've got Dan Watson with us from the LubePage. Dot com and you can email Dan anytime, 24-7, Dan Watson at com or myself, Bob, at autoworldradio.com. Before the break, the hard network break, we were talking about outboard motors, and Dan thought it was important to, to finish up on this particular topic, so go right ahead, Dan. Well, we were talking about the... This Evinrude uh, E-Tech engine and the ability to either run it on petroleum or run it on synthetic. I wanted to mention that when you shift it over and decide to run on petroleum, it runs at a 50 to 1 mixture, and it then loses all of its pollution-free certification, every bit of it. it. It won't pass anything because the amount of hydrocarbons coming out of it just explode because of the thick running uh not easy to burn uh, petroleum two-stroke oil that's just just clogging everything up and, and polluting. Now, you shift it over to a high-performance synthetic like either the Evinrude E-Tech oil or the AMSOIL um, 
HPM, High Performance Marine, and all of a sudden, all those pollution factors disappear. So, folks, these engines, either whether it's an Evinrude E-Tech or whether it's your Mercury or your Yamaha or your Nissan, I don't care what it is, they will all run better with better efficiency, more power, and less pollution if you run a quality synthetic two-stroke engine oil. It's just a simple fact. It takes less synthetic two-stroke oil to provide the same protection as thick amounts of two-stroke petroleum. So with the Amsoil uh, synthetic two-strokes, they burn clean, meaning that they leave no residue in the cylinder. Everything burns out. These engines will run clean. I, I deal with marinas, and, and these engines are taken down for one reason or the other, and always the comment is that engine is just clean. It's like it's new. It doesn't have any buildup in it, and that's remarkable in a two-stroke engine. So do yourself a favor, whatever you've got, I recommend you look at the Amsoil synthetic two-strokes because I know they work and I know how perfectly they work. But get some body's synthetic two-stroke in your outboard motors. You will be doing yourself a favor. I sometimes, uh, you know, just tongue-in-cheek say that using petroleum two-stroke oil in outboard motors might be considered as outboard motor abuse. And you may have to be reported to the National Marine Manufacturers Association for abusing outboard motors. So, you know, tongue-in-cheek, but it's, it's somewhat true, is that your <laughs> outboard motor is really being abused with that old, thick petroleum two-stroke oil. So let's move on, Bob. Let's go to Willie in Macon, Georgia. He says, I have some muscle cars from the late 60s. I heard you mention the need for oils with sufficient additives to protect the cams and lifters in these cars. Will I damage the cars using SN Plus rated oils? Well, it's a good question. SN Plus is the, is the newest rating on these oils. And by the way, we discussed in a previous show that that SN Plus has to do with, with the oil being able to resist low-speed pre-ignition. So all of you out there with direct-injected engines... Again, be sure to look for that SN+. Don't run the standard SN. Look for SN+, telling you that you can avoid that damaging low-speed pre-ignition that can take place in a direct-injected engine. Now, on to Willie's question. You know, you could probably run a good oil uh, from a top-rated company like Amsoil or Mobil or Castor Oil, in these engines, even SN plus rated, and you'd probably get by, but here's the point. They weren't made for this. Uh, the problem with the cams is that they have a, what we call a contact sliding motion, which can only be protected on that, that metal to metal surface really by zinc and phosphorus, the anti-wear additives that would prevent any wear on that cam lobe or on that lifter. And so, is the SN-rated oil sufficient? Hey, you know, there's, there's people knock this around back and forth. My advice is to consider that the manufacturers didn't expect a low level of zinc and phosphorus when they built those, those systems, and so they wouldn't be saying whether it would work or not because they never anticipated such a thing. So we just might want to say, well, 
the cautious, prudent thing to do is provide that engine with the type of oil that it was expected to encounter when it was built and stick with that. Because to move on to something else, you could be the experimental case to determine whether it works well or not. But if it wears out your camshaft and your lifters, you're not going to be happy with the results of you being the experimental case. So if you stick with the stuff that we know will work, then you won't be the guy experimenting and you'll get the best coverage. Now, from Amsoil, they make these oils called Z-Rod, and they have, they're have high in zinc and phosphorus. They're made for these cars. We're not the only people that make something like that, but I would highly advise you to look for the oil that says that it's made to match up with these cars. Great advice. Here's an interesting question from Luann in Huntsville, Alabama. As a single mom, I hate going to the garage or lube page to get my car serviced. They always want to sell me something I don't really need. They think I'm a dumb woman. I hear that you've said that Amsoil will go up to 25,000 miles or one year. Can you assure me that this is warranted, warranted and then... I will not have to go to the lube page, the lube place, I should say, but once a year. I can't tell you how important this is to a number of people because um, I have had this. I have a lot of ladies that are customers of, of mine over the years. Women hate going to shops and lube places for mechanics and people by themselves when they don't have uh, a husband, a brother, a father, or somebody to do it because they get uh, a lot of condescension and, and treated as if they don't know what's good, and sometimes they get taken advantage of. I know that for my daughter when she was away in college. Uh, some people want to do some work which is going to amount to about $3,500, and when I got her to bring the car home and take it to our trusted mechanic that we use, it turned out to cost 6 bucks to fix it. So uh, <laughs> these, these things can happen, and, and I understand women on this. Now, here's the thing. Yes, this is a great thing. You can change your oil once a year with Amsoil Signature Series oil, and we have what's called warranty assurance. And what that means is that if you put Amsoil in your car and you use AMSOIL as dictated by AMSOIL in accordance with their instructions, AMSOIL will warrant that that oil will not be the cause of any damage to your engine. If you put it in the transmission or in the gears, wherever you put it, AMSOIL warrants that. Now, other oil companies, you heard one time before, there was, a, uh, there was I think, a Quaker State thing that said that if you uh, start with Quaker State from day one and you keep your records and you can prove this, you can prove that, and da 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 all these caveats, that they'll warrant it for, I forget how many miles it was. It was a lot. But here's what Amsoil says. If your car is in good mechanical condition, and this is the first time you've ever used Amsoil, and you use it in accordance with our instructions, we will warrant the use of that oil not to cause any damage or harm to your engine, no matter what you put in it for the first 50,000 miles or the first 100,000 miles. The question is, what condition is it in right now? If it's in good mechanical condition, then if you use Amsoil and convert it over, Amsoil's warranty will, will stand the test. I can tell you. I've been there. I've seen it stand the test. So for this lady, I would just say to her, yes, join the club. Start using extended drains. Go once a year, not to exceed 25,000 miles, 
and have peace of mind that your car is well protected by an additional warranty from AMSOIL Incorporated. So I hope that helps Luann have a little bit of uh, peace of mind. Absolutely. Great advice. Quick question here from Tom in Traverse City, Michigan. I have a 32-foot diesel-powered boat. What would you recommend for the two diesels I have in the boat? Well, uh, one good thing I can say to him right now is that I'd recommend our new Max Protection Diesel Oil. It was just certified to have, it is a rust-free or rust-prevention oil. It meets it's two times the expected rust-inhibiting capability, which makes it basically a marine-grade diesel oil. Now, we have the original one you could use, too, which would be our CI4 Plus heavy-duty diesel and marine but considering the performance of the new Max Protection diesel oil and its now certified rust prevention capability, I'd move up to that and put it in. I just don't know. Man, I'm envious. I'd like to have a 32-foot boat with <laughs> twin diesel engines in it. I'd love to have that. Excellent. Well, we'll make up for that uh, lost time another week. But sure. in the meantime, everybody... Send Dan emails at Dan Watson the Loop.